Okay, when I, whoa. Oh, whisper. When I say go find your seats, now that we have new chairs, you should all be running. Okay, one more time, ever do one of these? Yeah, just kidding, no, no. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for coming and, and uh, worshiping with us. A couple things before we get started um, that I'm asking you to, to pray with me about. One of the things that uh, God has laid on my heart is um, we're really working hard towards reopening our nursery, um, which is an incredible ministry. I know a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, loneliness and how some of the most lonely uh, uh, people are, are moms of young kids because just their hands are full. And, um, and, and like we, we need to support our, our moms. So um, pray with me. We're trying to get our nursery opened. I say that for, for two reasons. Number one, we need uh, also volunteers to help the, help serve. We don't want to uh, take away from people who are serving with April and, and Silly back there. But uh, if, if that's something you're interested in, talk to us. We'd love to get uh, the nursery reopened um, soon. Uh, there's a few things we got to get going. So uh, uh, that's coming. Pray with me. I'm just, I, my heart is this, how we best serve um, our people and reach people for Jesus. And these are just things that we're going to start doing. So uh, be, be in prayer for that. Let's jump into the message today. Let me ask you this question. How many of you at home have an Alexa? How many of you have an Alexa? How, how many, how many of Alexa at any place? Like home, work, like you have an Alexa? How many of you are the uh, Alexa's evil? I want it nowhere near my house. Yep, I see what I'm saying. There's this thing called voice recognition, right? And for some people, they're like, dude, I love that. Um, I, I'm all in. Other people are like, that is not coming to my house because uh, that is evil, and I will burn it, right? And it's everywhere in between. Like, I, I would confess that I'm kind of the, uh, I want Alexa to run everything in my house because that's kind of cool. Um, I'm not as far as, like, somebody like an Andrew Schlichting, uh, he, I was at his house the other day, and it actually runs his faucet and, like, cooks for him. Like, Alexa, pour a cup of water, and it does it. I'm like, dude, you got a problem. But it's so cool. Where do I get one of those? Um, so it's, I don't know, there's so many things. I have it I run our light at night when we're in bed. I'm like, Alexa, turn off the light because I'm just too lazy to do this. Um, I, I, we have this stuff everywhere, and um, it just automated. In fact, we have so many devices that listen, right? Whether it's Alexa or Siri or I don't know. It's, everything seems to be listening to us now, right? Sometimes your car. Hey, car, drive me to the donut shop. Um, if they, they don't think they have those, but I'm going to invent that. Um, we, 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 we stand all, all over the place, whether we, we love it or hate it, um, it's there, it's listening. How many of you have a smartphone? Uh, hold up your smartphone for me right now. Hold it up. Hold up, I want to see your smartphones. Ready? I want a new car, I want a new car, I want a new car. You're welcome, you're going to get car ads all week. Um, uh, I don't know if that's how it works, to be honest with you, but it's fun. It's, sometimes it seems that way, right? You're having a discussion with your spouse, and next thing you know, there's an ad for that. Like, this is freaky. Um, it, to be honest, the, the more that that invades, I love it, and I like having the stuff. It, it does, like, frighten me a little bit. Like, there are ears everywhere. And some of us get, get a little more extreme on, on all these devices and how scary it is. Um, voice recognition is a real thing. It can be really scary, but, but what if we thought about voice recognition in a different way? Did you know th this idea of voice recognition in, in our minds is actually God thing? Because when you're a baby in your mother's womb, what, what, what happens? The voice of that mom is imprinted on that baby. And when that baby learns that voice, do you know what voice brings them comfort later? That voice of the mom or the dad or grandma or grandpa, the voice that they hear? Voice recognition in, in software is scary, but, but with other people. Sometimes, sometimes you're going through a hard time and your friend calls you on the phone. They don't need to say their name. Okay, it's going to be okay. 
when your dad or mom calls you or you call your kid, your grandparent. This voice, and, and that's really what I want to talk to us about today. That, and my, really my, my main point is this, that the best way to stand strong in, in all this chaos of the world is to know the voice of the Father. We need to develop a voice recognition of our God to a greater degree than we've ever had. Because as these times grow, there are so many voices who are going to be trying to steal and rob your attention. Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? It's a real thing, isn't it? How do we do that? What does the Bible tell us about that? If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew uh, chapter 24. We started a, a message last week because of all the stuff in our world. I, I really just felt God drawing me to Matthew 24, and, and, and we only got through like a handful of scriptures. Um, we're going to uh, jump into a, a, another, a little bit of it today. I won't even get through of all of 24 because there's something that God has laid on my heart for all of us, you and I and, and me included, us together, that God has, has laid on my heart. said, Adam, don't, don't, don't leave this yet. Don't leave Matthew 24 yet. Last week we talked about all the end times, and, and Jesus is actually answering in Matthew 24 a question. The disciples went to Jesus and said, said Jesus, when will the end come? When will the end, end of the age be here? He's, they're asking the same question we've asked throughout all the ages, right? They're asking what, and I love when the Bible does this, that I don't have to, like, guess. Like, they actually ask the question that I want to know. So we lean in. Okay, what did Jesus say? Last week we talked about how Jesus said, in the end times there's going to be earthquakes and famines and false prophets and, and all this stuff. Um, and last week we talked about how we don't need to focus on all that stuff. We just need to focus on Jesus. We don't need to fear. Don't panic. The church, we're good at panicking, aren't we? <laughs> really good. We don't need to panic. I, learn endurance to keep going. But most importantly, preach the gospel. And that's exactly what the disciples did, to preach the good news to the world that is dying. We talked about that last week and, and how we, we just don't get caught up in the speculations and all the minutia of what's going on. Understand the greater picture of what Jesus is saying, because that's what matters, and that's what sustains. Here's what you need to know. Jesus is coming back. When? I don't know. Could be right now. Could be a thousand years from now. I don't know. What we know is that when Jesus says, I'm coming back, he's not lying. It's coming. What does all this look like? There's a little bit more of scripture, like I said, that we want to dive into. Before we jump into it, it's going to be Matthew 24. We're going to start in verse 15. It's where we left off last week. Before I jump into this, would you bow with me and pray? I just, I really like praying before I jump into the word of God that the Holy Spirit would open our ears to hear. You bow with me, Lord. Speak to our hearts. We know your word is powerful. We know your word is, is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it cuts right through bone and marrow, right into our hearts. I pray that we would be open to hear. You would use my words. Use me. Less of me, more of you. Jesus, have your way in these scriptures today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I want to read Matthew uh, 24, starting in verse 15. It says, the day is coming when you will see, this is going to be good stuff, so just hang on. Uh, the day is coming when you will see what, the da what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Your Bible may say desolation. My wife and I had a debate on this this morning. Um, standing in the holy place, reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out in the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to a pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get his coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. 
and it will never be so great again. In fact, unless the time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Okay, anybody confused? <laughs> You're like, wait a second, we're supposed to run for the hills? We're supposed to go out and preach? What are we supposed to do here? It, this is a portion of Scripture um, that, uh, that we see in, in Jewish literature in the Old Testament. It's called apocalyptic literature. Basically, it means it's talking of the end times. But, it, but in Jewish literature, it's not just in times. Like, you could read that and go, okay, that's talking about the future. You're not wrong. But it's also talking about Jesus immediate to the disciples that they were going to face in their lifetime. Right? And this is what we don't understand because this is where uh, people will debate. They'll be like scholars who go, this was only for, for then. And th they're right. And then there are people who kind of take it too far and go like, it's going to be for 10,000 years down the road. Well, there, there's, there's imagery of that. Because we read in, the, in, in Revelation, there's similar things that are said. And, and, I, and I watched uh, somebody teach it this way. How many of you uh, have ever been driving and just been taken over by the majestic view of Mount Baker, right? Uh, I just, you like, we live in a pretty cool place. Like, I, when I, we moved away, and, and now I'm back, I'm like, I hope I never grow tired of that view. It's just, it, you drive, and all of a sudden, there it is. But what you see is here one giant picture. Now, I could write you a poem about the barns and the fields. And not talk about barns and fields. Look how beautiful that is. Look at, look at, it just, it's how that's shaped and that, that greenery. Like, like I, I'm talking about the foreground, but it's all part of the picture of the whole, right? I, I could be talking about the foothills. And they're beautiful in and of themselves. You, you like put your finger there and take out big, wow, they're, they're beautiful. But it's all part of the whole. And we have to understand that, that what's happening here, it's all part of a bigger picture. The, the God's cosmic purpose, but at the same time, it's, it's up close. Because here's what we know, that, that Jesus is talking in this ap apocalyptic literature to the disciples, answering their question, when will the end come? And he's saying, guys, listen, it's not going to be pretty. This is uh, uh, not going to be awesome. It's, he talks about uh, how these things will happen. He says in here, the abomination of desecration or, or desolation. What? That's just fun to say, but most people are like, what are you talking? Let's just skip over that part. Basically, let me boil this down to the simplest way I know how. Um, I don't have time to get into the depths of that, which I wish we could. But, the, but Daniel talks about it. Jesus talks about it. It's also talked about in a few other places. It's essentially this. It's when somebody comes in and destroys the temple and worship of God and replaces it with, with idol worship. It's an abomination of desolation and desecration of taking the temple out and, and the worship of God out. It, it, this is what he's talking about. And again, we don't have time to get into that because this is what happened. And, and, and many people will, will, will and it's happened in, in Old Testament, that happened. And in and, and what Jesus is talking about here, se, at AD 70, um, this is exactly what happened when Rome marched in and destroyed the temple and set up the, the worship of Zeus. And Jesus is talking, he's saying, uh, uh, disciples, run for the hills because they're coming to kill you. That's an immediate prophecy saying within your lifetime, you're going to see that, so be careful. It's part of the greater picture saying, listen, because we, we know what Jesus, now he takes a shift and he's, he's looking at that picture of Mount Baker and says, all right, now let's look at the picture as a whole. Because it all has to do with God's cosmic purpose. And they, remember, they were talking at the beginning of 24 about how no stone will be left on top of another. This is what happened in AD 70 when Rome came in. They destroyed the temple, and that's what it looks like today. Just rubble. 
that happened. What Jesus was saying, that is what's happening. It's just stuff up close. But, but apocalyptic literature in the Bible always carries multiple, multiple, multiple purposes. Now, this, we don't want to get caught in that. He's like, it's not just then. It's not just in the future. It's kind of a both and. And how do we know? We don't want to get caught in that. Because we can get caught in all the weeds of, of what, what is today when we miss what Jesus is really saying. What is he saying by all this? What is he saying by the abomination of, of desecration, of desolation? What he's saying is, is all these things will happen. Be careful. Take note. They're coming to kill you. Why? Because the enemy hates the worship of God because he hates God. And if you are a worshiper of God, he, he, wants, he, he, does, he hates that. He wants to stop and destroy it. So from the beginning of time, from the fall of man, from when sin came in, Satan was trying to destroy the worship of God. That's ultimately big cosmic purpose. That's what's going on. The enemy will rear its head and try to destroy worship. We need to be careful. And when Jesus is talking to his disciples in that moment, he is absolutely talking. He said, be careful, Rome is coming. But there's also a hint for the end times. Because some would argue that there's been other antichrists come up, but ultimately the end, and you read, read Revelation, there will be another. We read it in Revelation. And I'm not here to get caught into that because there's so much there. I'm here to talk about what God wouldn't let me leave, and that's the next portion of Scripture. The next portion of Scripture is 24, Matthew 24, verse 23. I want you to hear this, because this is what God has laid on my heart for you and I. It says, then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Park that in your mind. That shocks me and scares me to my core. If possible, even God's chosen ones? He says, see, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or look, he is hiding here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Do you know what the number one sign of the end times is in the Bible? In the New Testament? False prophets. Deceivers. Liars. Saying, Jesus is over there. Jesus is here. I'm, I'm Jesus. Follow me. And do you know what gets me every time I hear that? Is that verse that I paused at. In, in, in verse 24, it says that, or 22, it says, uh, or actually it is 24. For the false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. And immediately I say, no! How can this be? Not me, God. Like, I read that and I'm like, there are people who serve you who will fall away because they're buying lies. How? How, how do people get to that point where, where they'll believe that Jesus is out there, let's go follow this false God? How will people get there? Why? I never want to be that. Why does this happen? Why did, why did Jesus have to say that? How could something like that be in the church of God? The hint is what we read last week. In verse 12, and I want to read it to you. It says this, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. 
when you ask, how in the world does the church buy into a lie so easily? Jesus says, in the end times, love of me will begin to grow cold. This idea of grow cold, you know what grow means? It doesn't happen overnight. Growing is a process. And when he says grow cold, cold is significant of spiritual death. Here's what this means, is that, that, that over time, if we are not diligent, we will begin to slip down the slippery slope and become numb to the voice of God because of sin in our lives. And it's not like we wake up one morning and go, huh, I'm not listening to Jesus anymore ever again. We just become numb, and over time, well, I don't, I don't need to listen to him today. I don't, I don't need to read my Bible today. And over time, you find yourself, you, you get down to the bottom of the slope and say, how did I get here? It wasn't a one-time thing. It's a process. Any, anybody who's, who's had struggled with addictions and had these problems will tell you that they, when they wake up one day, they didn't make the decision one day and say, I'm going to destroy my life. They get down there and go, how did I get here? And they say, now it's time to change church, my heart and my prayer for us is that we would listen and pay attention, take heed to what Jesus is saying here. We can't be a church who affords, who can afford to stop devoting ourselves to God. Remember our mission. We talked about it in my first messages. We are here to what? Love God, love people. And how are we doing that? Through worship, devotion, community, and generosity. Like it's not one or the other. It's all of those things. We can't focus on just generosity and community events. Those are important. And, and, and miss the devotion part. Because it's in this devotion part that we start to learn and train ourselves to hear God's voice. Listen, this is where God, why God wouldn't let me leave this chapter. He says, warning to you, warning to me. We need to guard against our faith growing cold. We need to guard against all of these things happening in our lives that will cause us to become numb to his voice. We need to guard against uh, all the stuff that, that is going on in our world that, that, that causes the church to start putting blinders on and live like this. Because it's in those times we'll start to buy into lies. So here's my question, and, and, and the bulk of my message is this. How do we keep our faith from growing cold? How do we stay, how do we get to the place where we start to, to identify the lies of the enemy? How do we know? Because if he says that, that even the elect, God's chosen, which is those followers, will fall away, how, how, how do we guard against that? Let me give you two ways, really simply. Number one is this. How do we identify the lies? How do we keep from growing cold? We need to stay alert. We need to stay alert, church. Look how many times in, in chapter 24 and even in chapter 25, he says, uh, they pause. We read it there. They pause. It says, reader, pay attention. Like, that's, that's inserted in there by, by, uh, by Matthew. He's like, listen, this is important stuff, people. Pay attention. It, it says it here in verse 42, which we didn't read yet, but it's coming. Um, so you too must keep watch. He says it in 25. Keep watch. Pay attention. Stay alert. We need to be a church that keeps pressing in on what God is doing, on, on his voice and his call in our life. Church, I, I love you, and, and I say this for you. I say this for me. We need to stop being content with biblical illiteracy. Look at me. There are sometimes we're like, that's fine. I don't need to read the Bible. Pastor will tell us. 
we need to stop being content with biblical illiteracy and dig into this because this is God's voice. Uh, uh, jump over to 1 Peter 5.8. Peter says it this way. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy doesn't sleep. He says, stay alert. Other versions, maybe your version says, uh, uh, keep sober-minded, stay sober. What he's saying is our, our, our attention is, is, is equal and similar to um, alcohol, <laughs> the effect of alcohol in our bodies. Right, do you know what that does? It, 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 it uh, um, affects our senses. It numbs our senses. It slows our reflexes. And, and you do things that you would otherwise, in, in your, your human nature, never, ever do. And he's saying, when you let your guard down and you let your, uh, the, the alert status stay off, we become numb. We become uh, numb in our senses, slow in our reflexes, and we fall down that slippery slope because we are not paying attention. He says, stay alert because your enemy is out on the prowl. It says, he prowls around. Satan is prowling around trying to destroy believers. And if we're not paying attention, he's very successful at it. Prowling, you just get that picture of that lion crouched down, ready, ready to pounce. Have you ever seen like a cat or a lion crawl through, try to attack something? Oh, they're sneaky. They're so quiet. They're sneaking around, ready to pounce. And if we're not ready, that is what the enemy does. It's not like he dan dances around with the horns and a pitchfork and says, I'm Satan, I'm here to kill you. But, but, but not so much, but, but look at what Peter's saying. He's saying, stay alert. The enemy prowls around like a what? Like a what? Like a, put those two things together for a second. Prowling and roaring. Like that doesn't make sense. When a lion is prowling, do they roar? What is Peter saying here then? What he's saying is if, if we are numb to our senses, we will miss it. But if we're staying alert, it's going to be obvious. Pay attention. We'll be able to see that lie from a mile away if we stay leaned into Jesus, if we stay focused. He prowls around like a roaring lion. I, I say this a lot, grow daily or die gradually. We need to grow. We need to dig into our word. Don't wait for someone else to feed you. Open up your Bible and read it because it's there. And, and when, when, you, when you hear that, stay alert, it sounds exhausting, doesn't it? It just sounds exhausting. I got to stay alert all the time. But there's no greater way to live. It's not exhausting. Rather, it's life-giving. It, it, it's not exhausting waking up early to read my Bible because this is where I get life for my day. I get energy. I get life. I get sustenance. Staying alert is actually life-giving, not life-taking. God, I will press in because this is what I need. Church, we need to stay alert. And secondly, I'm going to give you one more because I'm running out of time. Not only do we need to stay alert, but we need to stay in tune with the voice of Jesus. We need to stay in tune. Church, look at me. We need to memorize the voice of Jesus so that when he speaks, we know. So that when the enemy lies, we. Here's what, here's what it says in John 10. It's talking about the good shepherd. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber, but the one who enters through the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. The sheep what? 
recognize his voice and come to him. He calls to his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they, what? Do you know his voice? Jesus says, I'm the shepherd. And, and we, I don't think many of you are shepherding um, right now, currently as a profession, which would be cool. I'm not saying it's bad. But back then they understood. The shepherd spent so much time with their sheep and the sheep spent so much time with their shepherd, that voice was imprinted. Talk about voice recognition. That when the sheep are out in the field and the shepherd comes in and says, dinner time, what do the sheep do? Wait, there's, 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 there's my dinner. There's that guy. I know that voice. He's saying in the same way, and shepherding would understand this, if a guest shepherd steps in and says, hey, dinner time, the sheep go, uh-huh, right back. Jesus saying, this is what we need to get to. We need to live in such a way as that when Jesus speaks, I recognize his voice. I understand who he is. I understand his voice. It's, it's, it's it, one illustration that, that I, I equate my life and tuning into the voice of Jesus. It's like this. Back in high school, uh, I, I was at high school in the 90s. I'm really young. Um, I had a 1970 Chevy pickup. It was gold with that white cab. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was a cool truck. It was awesome. It had no bells or whistles at all. When you opened the hood, it was just one big block engine. Psh. You could literally crawl into that engine and do all your work. You can't now because you can't even get your hand in there sometimes, right? But in my beautiful 1970 Chevy, there was a radio. It wasn't CD. It wasn't Bluetooth. It didn't talk to me or have voice recognition. It was a dial with a knob. Anyone know what I'm talking about? If, if, if you're, you're too young for that, back in the day, we had these really cool things called radios. Come on. Did anyone still have one of those? Okay, there's two or three of you. You're old. Um, I looked for one. I don't have one. Um, but here's what I learned in my truck. As I was driving, if I got a little further out of town, what did I have to do? I'd have to adjust that dial a little bit. If the weather was bad, what did I have to do? I'd adjust the dial a little bit. Because if you don't, you're driving down the road and I ignore that. Next thing you know, I could be listening to a whole different station. And if you're not paying attention, you're like, since when did I start listening to this kind of music? What's wrong with me, right? And, and it's the same idea with listening to the voice of God. There's this constant in our life. Okay, God, I need to tune the voices in this clear. I need to lean in. I need to pick this thing up right here, and I need to read it. I need to memorize it. I know a lot of people say memorizing is too much work. Your life depends on it, folks. Memorize the Word of God. Journal it. Get it in. That's the process of tuning into the voice of God a little bit at a time. God, I, wanna, I, want, I want your voice to be that much more clear. I'm going to stay alert, stay attention. I'm going to continue to mess with that dial because I want to hear you. Why? Why would we spend that time? And this is why I believe Jesus wouldn't let me leave this. Because I believe in these times, there's a lot of believers ignoring the dial. And over time, the voice of God is just gone. And there are times, even for believers, we don't recognize the voice of Jesus anymore. I don't want to get there. And as I pray for each of you, and, and I, this week I was, I was walking through, praying, praying through chairs. They were the old chairs, so they, I may not have counted, and these are the new chairs I need to pray over there. But my heart was heavy for, for us. God, may we be a church who hears your voice. 
because the Bible tells us that in the end times there's going to be a lot of deception. There's going to be false prophets rising up anywhere. And I don't want to be one of those who falls away. I want to be one who, who, who reads this and pays attention that when somebody who's coming to deceive the church, I go, that doesn't sound right. That's not the voice of my father. Church, my heart and my prayer to you is that you would hear, you would listen, you would pay attention, you would tune in that dial to Jesus. I'm going to end with one last story, and, and then the worship team is going to come. Back when I was a, 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 a youth pastor, I was once a long time ago. Lost all the energy, and now I'm boring, and people laugh at me. This same thing was on my heart. God, how do I teach a generation to hear from you? So I, I did this thing with a bunch of students. It was called The Journey, and I want to do it with a bunch more. I, wanna, I, I really want to do this, where I, I, I took these students on a hiking and camping trip for a week. And the, the, the whole point was every morning I got them out of bed early and, and we, would, we would go off, we'd read our Bible and we'd journal. And then I'd give them questions to ask throughout the day and we'd go, we, we went hiking the ape caves, we went out to the, to the coast, we, we did uh, around Mount St. Helens. We did, we did all these different hikes and, and, and all day long as, as, we're, as we're hiking and having fun, I said, I just want you to talk to Jesus. I, I want you to ask Jesus these questions and just let him speak. And at the end of the day, we'd, we'd sit around the fire and, and I'd say, what did Jesus say to you? And I was shocked how some of these students, I'm like, I'm not even sure if they like Jesus, are saying, I didn't know Jesus could speak like that. I, 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 I didn't know this, this thing could come alive like that. I, I didn't know that God would speak these words to me, and I'd remember it on that, that hike later in life and, and, and go, Jesus, you are there. That is my heart and a passion as, as your pastor, as your leader, that we would understand God is speaking. My question to you is this. Are you listening? Are you tuning into the voice of God? Because in these end times, there's a lot of crazy teaching out there. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that is interesting, right? As somebody says Jesus is going to come in 1988, and someone says he's going to come in 2004, and, hey, what do we believe? Is it tomorrow or is it a thousand years? Here's what I'm coming to tell you. I don't know. And anyone who claims they do is lying to you. What I know is this. If you and I are in tune with the voice of Jesus, it doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter the prophecies, though they're fun to, to, to research and talk about and debate. I have a buddy who we, we, we debate about this a little bit because he doesn't think Jesus is coming for 6,000 years. I'm like, I think he's a little sooner, but that's fun. At the end of the day, what do we say? Do we hear from Jesus? Even if he doesn't come for 6,000 years, are you listening? Because I don't want to be one of those, and I don't want to lead a church that buys into lies. Church, if you are here today and you do not know this Jesus, and you're like, how in the world could anyone hear that voice? Can I tell you, he knows you and he's speaking to you. All you got to do is to pay attention. All you got to do is look up in Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. If you don't know Jesus in this room, you died on a cross for your sins. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And I want to give you the opportunity to surrender. But I'm also going to pray this, that we as a church, as followers of Jesus, would not plug our ears or become numb, but we would lean into this, devoting ourselves to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That you and I, 
we could recognize the voice of our shepherd. That we develop voice recognition of our Father. Because there's a lot of voices out there trying to deceive you. There's a lot of voices trying to tell you this, that, go here, don't do that, do that. I just, Jesus, I need you. And as your pastor, this is what I'm committing. We're just going to talk about this thing. And Jesus on the cross crucified. And not get caught in the weeds. There's hope. Would you bow with me? Lord, I pray this morning that if anybody here within the sound of my voice does not yet know you, that in Jesus' name, that you would speak through the chaos, through all the distractions, through all the stuff that life has thrown at them, through all the lies of the enemy, they would hear your voice today in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now for clarity of heart and mind of what you're saying. God, if there's anybody here who does not yet know you, that together we would say this prayer, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I have fallen short. I confess that you are Lord and I need you in my life. God, I pray that you would save me today. But God, I also pray this right now, that we would lean into your voice. We would say, Jesus, when we don't know what to pray, like we said earlier, we would lean into your voice. Jesus, God, I want your voice to be louder than the crowd. God, I want your voice to be louder than the deception in our world. May we be a church whose love does not grow cold, but may we rise up to listen to you. Jesus, speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to close with this song. And I just want you to take a few moments before we're done. We'll dismiss in just a moment here. I just want you to take a moment as the team leads us. And, and would you do something with me as we sing? Just lean into Jesus. I mean, maybe, maybe you don't want to do it physically. I understand. The chairs are in front of you. Like, would you just take a moment today before you leave and adjust your dial just a little bit as we sing this song? Because it's in the name of Jesus that there's healing. Amen? Amen. Let's sing this together. starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name 
break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Are we on? There we are. I know I said we're going to end and they're going to dismiss it. Um, I, I, I don't know why I was speaking. I saw I, I saw what was going on. There, there was, you all saw there was an eight car out there. Um, while, while we were speaking, uh, Esther, um, I, we don't even know what went on, but when 911 was called and she was taken to the hospital, um, I don't know. I just want to take a moment and pray because we just sang in the name of Jesus, there's healing. We don't, we don't know the answer, but can you just take a moment and, and if, you, if you can, lift your hands to Jesus and can we cover Esther with these prayers? If we're a church that believes Jesus says what he can do, let's be a church that prays like he can. Jesus, God, I don't know what to pray other than Jesus. And we don't know the story. We don't know what's going on. God, we don't know what, what, what health complications are, are going on. Well, we, all we know is that you was taken in an A card. Jesus, I pray that you be with her right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray you give those doctors and paramedics wisdom in Jesus' name. God, may we be a church who believes in the power and may rally with her. God, I pray that you would be the name of Jesus above and greater than anything. Be with Esther right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you com comfort, would you heal? Because you are our healer. Right now, in Jesus' name, in, in that aid car on the way to the hospital. Jesus, we know that you're there. We know that you're there. And Jesus, I pray as we close that anybody in this room who's who needs a miracle too, that they would step up and come forward and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. And that you would be the God who meets at their need. God, we love you and we praise you. I just want to say this real quick as we close. It just it just prompted in my heart that, that if you're here today, you need somebody to pray with you. I know we have, Deanna's going to come down, and some of us are going to be down here to pray with you before you leave. Everybody else, you can, you can take off, go eat some cookies. But if you're in, you're like, I need this Jesus, and I need somebody to pray with me. I, I, some of you, you know who you are, prayer warriors, John, if you want to help us or, or others. I'll just be here for a minute, and it's nothing, it's just, we just want to pray with you. So if you want somebody to pray with you, we're going to be down here. The band's going to lead in the song. We're just going to spend a few moments here at the altar just praying and asking Jesus to heal. Set free. Maybe you came in with an addiction or something that you're struggling with. Listen, we're not here to judge. We're just here to pray because we believe God heals. If you need to go, I love you. God bless you. Go eat a cookie. Save one for me. I love you all. If you want somebody to pray with you, we're going to be down here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless.